Yeah. Throw the pips. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no way, no way. You know there's, there's bit of stains on the I'm really? camera. Of course, it's part of my identity. <laughs> Very sweaty boy. It's the genetics. It's the brain family genetics. It's on. It's really annoying. Um, my sister and I keep going on like to my parents. Like, why did you give this genetics to us? But yeah, just have to accept it. So, welcome everyone to the Mastering the Mind podcast. I don't know what episode this is. <laughs> we I think it's fourteen. Going. Yeah, 14? yeah. Okay, not bad, not bad. Yeah. Soon, soon to twenty. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, as usual, how are you doing, all? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, yeah, and you're just enjoying these summer months at the moment. Such nice weather in uh, in the UK at the moment. Um, so I sort of jumped ahead on the weather check. Yeah, there. come on. <laughs> yeah, weather check. So it's, it's good weather on your end then? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. It's I mean, been, yeah. the tan. Oh, my word. <laughs> I think I got the same. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> man. embarrassing. Working outside in this is like, you should see the back of my neck. That's what burns the most. Oh, yeah. so bad. Yeah, you don't tan, do you? You burn. Yeah, I have to like put a shrimp. Loads of. The other day I was working, I um, burnt through the clouds. It wasn't even sunny. It looked overcast. Didn't put sun cream on, but it was hot. And um, yeah, I, I burnt like so much. You Brits are weirdos. You burn all the time. For the- <laughs> as soon as there's like one ray of sunshine. Yeah. Here it's been, it's been like for the past four days, we've just had thunder and like it's been super humid, like your skin is sticky, like oh, it's honestly, it's the worst weather ever. Yeah. But I... today, yeah, today it's, it's, it's alright, it's no, not really in your overcast, so, so yeah. Today's the first day to be fair, it's been sort of overcast, but it's still hot. Uh, I had to bust out the old fan. Oh okay. man, it's been so hot in, in the flat. Yeah. Before we move on. Got something to do. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't aware this was happening. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Oli. Celebrations. Buxton Water. <laughs> finished, finished the semester two. No, but this is how we do it in Belgium. It's two o'clock and uh, we're getting the beers out. A Maz. What we got? A Maz. Maz, yeah. Never it's like that. a, it's, it's, yeah, it's one of the most popular ones. It's, it's not the best ones, but yeah. So yeah, I'm going to be sipping on a, on a little beer during this podcast. So. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Health yeah. and well-being, mate. Health and well-being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm detoxing. Uh, yeah. But um, life update then. So what's been going on, man, in your life? Tell us. So, yeah, so obviously we've um, just finished semester two. Um, but in terms of my life... Um, Currently in the uh, stage of like moving house, so my tenancy in, um, in this apartment's up on the 15th. Uh, so we've been like packing and things. Um, and then we're moving into a two bed house um, at the end of the month. So I've got to move back in with my parents for, for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> it was slightly difficult, but uh, it'd be nice to see them um, more often. But yeah, I uh, can't wait to move into the, the house. I can't imagine, like, even for me, when I came back because of COVID, obviously, like, during December, I've been living here with my parents for, like, the past five, six months. Yeah. And it is tough, like, when you know when you get that independence and then you come back and it's, like, yeah. everything's a bit more controlled, but it's, it's obviously the, it's their house, but, like, they decide when we eat. Um, yeah. Like, it is a difficult transition. Yeah. Like, I was, um, when I finished uni, 
um, after living away from home for four years, I was like, I, I don't think I could have moved back back in uh, with my parents and and yeah, so I think I'll enjoy it. Like I always enjoy it when I used to go back for Christmas and stuff. Uh, but then towards the end, like yeah, <laughs> I'm just so used to that independence. Yeah. Um, but then, so yeah, moving house. Um, and then also I've just like summer months, I'm a, I'm a part-time gardener, uh, which is now turned full-time basically. Yeah. So many customers ringing me to get the garden sorted for the summer. Um, I mean, I'm working about six days a week at the moment. Um, really, really grinding because during winter, I don't really, don't really work. Gardening isn't really a, a thing during winter. You could do fencing and stuff, but yeah, I've been, I've been really focusing on that. Just secure, securing the bag. That's what yeah. I've called it. Securing yeah. the bag month. <laughs> that's smart it's smart and this new house then so it has like a garden and stuff right so yeah something i've really probably, missed yeah uh, you have to come come down from belgium yeah i want to i really want to I, re- I really wanted to come back to the uk but apparently like testing like covid tests are like 250 pounds 250 pounds which is yeah. ridiculous that's like more expensive than my ticket to come over so yeah Jesus. i'm holding back on that <laughs> and yeah. do you know what the worst part is is that the like self-administered ones so you do it yourself so basically you're you're buying a test well it's two tests that you don't even know if you're doing it properly but Mm. it's just yeah it's just have you you had a covid test not yet but i'm going to i'm gonna have to in like two weeks because going to spain for for holiday so yeah i've had a couple now yeah i think about two or three yeah Yeah. because you're you're the scared didn't you yeah just like when I've gone to play football, like, obviously the restrictions loosened and yeah. we're allowed to play football and like a couple of the lads like come to the game and got track and traced and yeah, I've had, to have had a couple of tests now. And those were self-administered. Yeah. Uh, I think they're not as bad as people make them out to be. Uh, I think if you've got like a, if you've got a bad gag reflex, then you'll really struggle. But yeah. um, other than that, it's fine. Oh uh, yeah. My, yeah. Talking about my, like my sister's moved out now. Uh, so it's only me and my parents. So I'm in her room. So do it judge me with the pink books in the background. I'm in her room. Because her room's like 10 times better than mine. But um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird not having her around. But she needed her freedom. She needed to move out as well. Yeah. She was controlling what we were eating. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I remember you saying. Yeah, so it was like veggie burgers, like twice a week oh my god i like to be fair i did discover a lot of new foods but yeah is she full full vegan now then she's not a vegan she just she's just cut down and like mm. eating meat and stuff um but yeah and, and i guess it's kind of trendy at the moment I, like I, i'm not gonna diss her but <laughs> what do you prefer what do i prefer yeah i like my meat so yeah, yeah. it was difficult to transitions so i don't know about yeah i don't know about you i, I, I can't just cut my meat like that it needs mm-hmm. to be progressive so i'll be honest sometimes i don't really i don't really notice a difference a lot of the time um i think if i was to cut out stuff like bacon and stuff i i would struggle i do enjoy baking sandwich on the weekend um but apart from that like if i was to try like vegan burgers and things like that i don't think i'd really notice much difference yeah. and um another thing i wanted to touch up on like this podcast has kind of allowed us to to like have new opportunities, like working opportunities. And you actually did a, a guest lecture, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. So obviously through my um, interest in supporting released academy footballers, um, I got uh, approached to do a guest lecture uh, from a local lad in uh, Leicester. He's a, he's a lecturer at a different uni. 
and uh, yeah, when I spoke to the students about that topic, and uh, yeah, it was really, it was really good. First sort of opportunity and paid opportunity in sports like I've ever had. So that was a uh, yeah, real good milestone for me. How did you, uh, you find it? How did you find it? Like, yeah. how did you? Was it right? Yeah, I think obviously with the podcast, um, it's really like improved my like, ability to just talk about different topics yeah. and things. Something I've never really been. I mean, I've been all right at presentations. Um, I do prefer them to like essays and stuff, but I think the podcast has just took my like communication skills to a whole different level. Um, that's so sick. Yeah. It was sort of I, second nature. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you think you'll have like, do you think you'll be able to do others? Yeah, I mean, if anyone if anyone wants to put <laughs> me on, I, I, I've got the lecture made, so like, yeah, yeah, we can run it back at different units. Uh, <laughs> Holo right psych. <laughs> Right Psych Tour 2021 in the UK. Yeah. Released Academy Footballers. Yeah. That's <laughs> sick, man. Like, I didn't know they were going to come so quick, like these opportunities, but it seems to be working well for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. Super You're, happy. Uh, you uh, got an opportunity as well in yeah. esports. Yeah. So, this kind of came about because obviously I'm I'm really interested in esports and I'm writing my research project about it, which we'll come on to later. But yeah, I just, I kind of like applied for a role they were having. Um, but I like I kind of knew I wasn't gonna get it because I don't have the accreditation. It was like a performance. They needed like bilingual uh, a performance coach, a bilingual performance coach, and um, yeah, I just applied for it. Not not really expecting to get it, but maybe they 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 were gonna give me like another role, uh, and yeah. they did. So I'm just like producing content for them, sports psychology content to them, and trying to relate it back to esports. So, so yeah. But so. In terms of like being bilingual, are they like focusing on different like countries? Like, yeah, they're trying to go international. They're trying to basically because obviously esports is super international, as you as yeah. you know. Like t- different teams have so many different nationalities. So like they're working closely with like a, f- a prodigy, which is like a French-based uh, team. But there's obviously there's a lot of French people in it, but there's obviously like there's Chinese, I think. Um, Spanish people, but yeah, I was I would be brought in for the French side, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you make content in French and English at the moment. Yeah, that was the plan, but I haven't haven't started to make content in French yet. But I've started in English, yeah. um, and actually, I don't. I won't spoil it, but a topic is what we talked about uh, in our podcast, motivation. So yeah, I kind of used mm-hmm. uh, what we were, we were talking about. But yeah. So yeah, so like, do you know if um, anyone ever needs me to like talk about like different topics? I always refer back to like the notes that we've made on these lectures, or um, or even like what watch it back and yeah, and yeah. even the clips the clips yeah, on our yeah. instagram and, and things like so that like re- really help man yeah it's actually quite useful the clips it like re-watching them it like kind of enforces what has been talked about during the podcast and even what guests say like i remember what they say it's mm. so useful so, and it yeah, gives you that like instant like because because we've like titled what the clip is yeah. it helps us to go instantly back and, and, and sort of see what we're trying to look for yeah, it's good. Yeah, I also like had an interview with Basis, yeah. which was really good. So I got the opportunity to talk about um, my my research project and esports, etc. And I'm gonna clip. A, I'm gonna do like a few clips and post them on, on the socials. But one aspect that they did really appreciate from the podcast, because obviously, like one of the main goals was to kind of promote the podcast as much as possible, and they rated the Rocket League episodes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like we stopped them. Like I don't, I didn't know if. Like we didn't know if it was kind of like 
interesting to people for to watch and stuff but they were like encourage us to, to continue to do it so maybe uh, yeah i think we need to figure out a way to sort of integrate that whilst releasing um like people who come on to like guests like because normally we do like a bonus episode on a topic that we cover um and then reflect on it in the rocket league episode so we sort of need to figure out a way on how to yeah. do a gaming episode after a guest guest yeah. um podcast yeah yeah it's true but he like sam is his, is his name and he was he was so like impressed with it because he'd never seen it even like i don't even think people in in different fields have kind of done this obviously streamers do it but mm. like ha- bring that kind of education vibe to it you know yeah yeah in the chill way so i really think we should try and do them again because i think a lot of people oh yeah even our even our lecturer when we were like promoted yeah. it he 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 come to us and said like he loves that and it took him back to his days when he was gaming so yeah, it's a it's a really good idea and something like we really focused on at the start and yeah, we sort of lost our lost our way on that. But yeah, but it was it. It, it was tough with all the assignments that we had. Yeah, I guess we can kind of talk about that if you want now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, how did you kind of find this year in terms of like the masters at Loughborough? I I mean I I have loved it like. Um, I was speaking to my personal tutor about this um, at Loughborough and he was like, out of all the um, uh, sort of conversations he's had with his, his two T's, you're the only one who's been positive about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's completely changed my outlook on sports psychology. Like I had no real vision of where I wanted to go. I sort of just applied for Loughborough on a whim that it would rekindle my passion. And now I've, I feel like I've got tunnel vision on where I want to go. Um, so in terms of like how the past year has gone, that like what I've just said there is sort of brings it all together. I'll have a clear vision now and, and I'll always thank Loughborough for, for doing that for me. Have you found it? Yeah, I found it. I found it good. Um, also, like you, it kind of it's provided me more of a direction and I feel kind of more reassured that there are opportunities out there because we both left Coventry without really knowing what was going to happen, you know? Yeah. And I guess this stuff the stuff were like year was was sort of um it gave us that extra year to kind of you know settle down and see what, what options were. So yeah, I'm really glad obviously to do the masters, even though it's like you had to do it if you wanted to pursue a career towards psychology. But but yeah, but it was tough, like I'm not gonna lie. I, re- I do you remember when I was telling you I was like, Oh, this this year's not gonna be as hard as third year of uh, Coventry University because it's we're studying something we're really passionate about these are topics that are going to be really interesting to us. So it's going to be easier, but and you said that, no, it's not wait and see, wait and yeah, see until yeah. we get deep into the year. <laughs> but I, it's, it's not really the content that was hard. It was just um, how everything was so, so congested, like, you know what I mean? Like all the assignments were so close to each other and yeah. you really had to organize your time really well. And yeah. I'm guessing for you, it was even harder, especially in the second part, of the year because you had to work as well. So, yeah. No, yeah, like during my, during my um, undergraduate, I never really had this um, workload. So, because we'd finish our, our sort of year, especially during first and second year, uh, and even third year, um, we'd finish around like April, April time. Oh, and then did. that's sort of when I, that's <laughs> sort of when I start gardening. Now it, I'm, I'm working whilst like doing it all. So, it's definitely something new to me and something that I'm trying to really find the balance on. Um, it's just 
just working my way through it and uh, you just gotta keep keep going at it um it's worth yeah. it's worth it at the end but i guess that's why a lot of people do it part-time this masters also is because they have to work so yeah i, I really respect people that are working and doing the masters at the same time especially full-time that's just crazy so yeah we talked about like how, how much like the workload has been so like if we were to reflect on like the last semester and in this last month i mean we haven't actually recorded a podcast for four weeks now so we pre-recorded all the ones that have come out recently um, yep. and then released them on a weekly basis but this is our first one in four weeks so apologies if we're a bit rusty it's going yeah. all right at the moment i think i feel like it's going okay <laughs> compared to episode one like i'm yeah, seeing yeah. on instagram people like watching our like our first yeah, three episodes that. and i'm like oh my god <laughs> just skip them once <laughs> go to the guest ones that's sick that's yeah, yeah. all part of the process so um like how have you found this past month particularly so like we've yeah. had a positive outlook on like our journey at love from but in terms of this past month like how's it been for you it's been i thought christmas the christmas period where we had those two exams i thought that was difficult but this this month was like next level but i felt like i had it more easier than you because i had an assignment quite early you know in yeah. the month and not like you guys uh, that had like three in one week. That was ridiculous. No, yeah, I had three pieces of coursework and an exam. And it's like, oh, and yeah. I'm working on top of that. I had to get people to like cover me at work because I could not, I could not do both. I, I think I would have really struggled to, to get it all done. In, no, I, I, just to put I, it into context before we carry on. Yeah. We had this last month, we had about four or five pieces of coursework, exams, um, and it was all crammed into sort of the last, like week um so like balancing assignments and stuff so yeah shout out to whoever decided (laughs) (laughs) no i'm joking i guess there's no other option like it's the end of the semester it's the end of the semester you have to put them there so but yeah it was definitely tough um do you know what my mom says all the time she's like oh yeah university is really a test of your character it's not really a test about what you know and etc it's really a test of your character and i felt like we both proved ourselves that yeah. you know what I mean like because we could have just done the assignments and just just do them and, and not having that type of quality in the assignments but I feel like we both you know did our best to ensure the you know the best work as well as completing it so yeah something I really took away like sort of what I've done now so obviously I do the clips and stuff and I was watching Joey's um, episode back and something that he really did and a the theme that come out was when he has setbacks or difficult periods, like he uses that positively. And I feel like at the end of every single one of these like periods that we have in terms of high workload, I feel like I always come out like a better and like, I, I'm just adding like, he's, he's he referred to it as putting chips onto his shoulder. Like he's now got that skill. And I feel like my um, ability to have that high workload now has been enhanced and I'm, finding balance in the podcast with work and things like that, that I'm allowed to do it better now because I've gone through that period now. So that's something I've really took away from it and and something that I've quite enjoyed. So like just building myself um, throughout that period. Is there anything that like you enjoyed throughout throughout that month? Enjoyed? (laughs) Yeah, I guess not, but uh, I guess. Was there any like uh, assignment that you enjoyed? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, like I think I enjoyed all of them. Mm. because obviously it's you're learning something that you're passionate about but the only thing i'm i'm less happy about is that i didn't really i didn't really profit from 
what we were seeing. I, I know we had lectures, etc., but it's it's really about reading papers that you know that you can like kind of learn more about the topic. And I feel like the fact that we had to do it so quickly, I didn't really make the most of the topic. Yeah. So so example for example, like the professional practice one, that was so intense. We had to do it so quickly and. I wanted to take my time to kind of figure out what type of psychologist I wanted to be, but I did find like a good, idea. I, yeah, a good idea. But I just, yeah, I just wanted to like kind of view other options and really take a like a like a it, yeah. We, we we sort of was at the same sort of stage, like we were like rushing it kind of, but have to sort of take into perspective that we've been building this podcast throughout the semester and like we wasn't really focused on, on the assignments at the start of the semester which yeah. maybe we should have like I mean it's always something I've told myself like <laughs> this semester I'm gonna be on it I'm gonna like maintain like the work and spread it out and it I always work better under pressure so, like for some uh, reason I, yeah. I just go into this zone that I can work for hours and hours and hours yeah. And, and and just carry on. I'm I'm just staying focused. I'm I'm dialed in. And yeah. I guess it's yeah. not the healthiest way of working, but it's, <laughs> it works. You know. Um, yeah. I I can't I can't just start an assignment two months before. Like it has to be. <laughs> yeah. It has to be. It has to be minimum to one week. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like we're yeah. not setting a good example here for for no, <laughs> the students that are listening, but. It's just the I way that it, we, we figured it out, like sort of our, our routine in terms of it. But yeah. yeah, we were getting a lot of praises, remember, um, at the start, like, oh, how are you doing the podcast and the, this yeah. MSC? And we were like, gassed, and like, yeah, yeah. no, like we grinded. And then, <laughs> Little did we know, we were yeah. well behind. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No, but it was, it was really good. It was really good. Oh, yeah. Go I was going to ask you. So the professional practice one. So to give you guys a bit of context, we had to do an assignment where we have a volunteer client and we kind of had to figure out um, like what type of sports psychologist we were. Like we had to identify a philosophy that, uh, that coincides with our values, etc., and um, create a, a case formulation. So like what, we, what would we do to help this client with his issues? Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I skipped a bit, like no, I, had, no, yeah. I, I wanted to like know what what yours was because we didn't have a, the opportunity to like discuss about it. So I wanted to yeah, it was really during that month we barely like yeah conversed. Um, so yeah, it's good catch up in terms of my consulting philosopher. Um, I have a I think it, before I go into this, I think it's really important to have like a flexible approach. So this isn't like set in stone. I'm very early in my practitioner career, so like. I mean, I've not even started it. This is just like a, an example and sort of what's what's really ticked in my head and in, in the way I think. So in terms of mine, it's I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist um, and that's the theoretical paradigm that I, um, I've chose. It's very practitioner led. Um, so I'll uh, identify uh, problems or concerns uh, the client may have and, and attempt to solve it with my knowledge whilst giving them like the necessary tools to, to make concrete changes in those problems or concerns. Um, ultimately, like I want to enhance and, and optimize performance, whether that be in sport or even in their day-to-day -day life. Um, so I can achieve this through like a psychological skills training model of practice um, in which I can develop the appropriate like psychological skills in the client to optimize performance or, or even problem solve. Um, and this will obviously seek 
performance enhancement and personal growth through psychological skills. So I feel like this is something I would want if I was the client. Um, and it's very much the way my brain thinks. Uh, so I would like put the years of research and experience that I've acquired through my undergrad, through my master's um, and any experience that I've acquired to sort of support my approach um, to give to the client. What about you? Yeah, mine was the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> complete opposite. We knew this already, but I took a humanistic approach, which is uh, client-led uh, as opposed to practitioner-led like you. So basically, a humanistic psychologist um, assumes that the client has the answers to his questions. So the goal of, of, of a humanistic psychologist is to get get them out, of, like get the get these answers out of the client. Um, so I went for like a so in this type of philosophy, it's more of like a consulting like consultant approach um and yeah it's like uh it's just like it's, it's interviews it's it's uh there's different types of ways you can do it you can you can basically ask questions that are that aren't really focusing on the negatives but more on the positives so then they realize themselves that they do have the tools and strategies to overcome their issue so um so yeah that was kind of mine and but there's some there's some stuff I, I liked about it and some stuff that I didn't because it's so vague, you know. And I feel like uh, your approach is is step by step, and f for clients themselves, it's it's like they have a goal, you know. It's like they know what they're doing. Yeah. Today I'm going to practice this. Today I'm going to do that. Whereas a, a client who's uh, under a humanistic psychologist, it's like they could go away from the meeting thinking like, well, I've sort of just spoke to myself during that. Yeah. that's just the way like yeah like that's why that's what i meant by like i feel like this is something i would want if i was the client but but like there's no right or wrong approach no, there there's, e there's even more approaches than just the two that we've mentioned so yeah. for any like athletes or people who are looking to hire psychologists like you need to understand that different approaches will work for different people and i think this is what makes us so good as a like if we were to make a consultancy which which we are planning on doing the fact that we've got different approaches and we have that flexibility, like we can yeah. sort of support the needs of, of all clients. Yeah. And like you, I really like the fact that I see the client as a person first and then a performer, because obviously we talked about, remember Jesse Lingard, what yeah. was happening off the pitch was affecting his performance on the pitch. So I really like this holistic idea. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's, it's so key to, to kind of, like if you're a practitioner, in my opinion, it's super important to take into consideration what's happening outside. So, yeah. No, yeah, 100%. Like, even, even like in my um, sort of approach, like during my intake interview, I spoke about things that like support networks and, and things like that. So, so you can sort of, so I can understand where I can implement these psychological skills. And if I need to like talk with their support networks and how they can support uh, my client and, and things like that. So, yeah yeah that's good yeah i found it really tough to kind of you know like the last part where you have to really pin down what you're gonna do like so yours was probably like uh goal setting imagery or you know yeah mine there isn't that it's like you just have to continue doing these like consultant like the sessions until they have and like something. yeah exactly until they feel that they that they've resolved the issue themselves i really value the fact that if if a client has like to grow, to grow themselves, I feel like it's super important for them to understand uh, how to go about that. You know what I mean? It's like, I really like that idea, but I would, I wish it kind of applied to kind of the 
PSC, what what you're doing, you know. But I don't think it's possible because, like we said, that's practitioner led. It's like more you telling the thing, the client what to do rather than him you know, leading yeah. it. Yeah, I know what you mean. I guess we'll figure out what our perfect style is when we actually start the stage two. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's all about like being flexible, not being stuck in in one in one thing. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're so right, also. Um, it, it really depends on the person you are. So you, because basically a humanistic approach, apparently it works best with people that have like that maturity, you know, Okay. maybe older athletes, it works best, you know, to kind of help them. And yeah, PSC, like it's harder to do a humanistic with like a, a 15 year old, for example, in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe. Think, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Do I mean like him finding the answers himself? I don't know. Does he yeah, have that ha, level? Have they, yeah, have they got that understanding of how to solve it themselves anyway? But I think even if I was even if I was like mature, like I think I'd still want that, right? So I'm coming to you, like just the way my brain thinks is so I'm coming to you, you're the expert. Like, why am I trying to solve it myself? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the way I think, like. It's basically, it's a really good technique for, for them to be self-sufficient. So oh, yeah. for them to not come back to you in like two months, which for some psychologists is bad because fina- you know, like the whole financial side, like we're going to be transparent, you know, it's yeah. like being a sports psychologist is a business also. So like some sports psychologists like the fact that they keep having these clients come back to them. Mm. Uh yeah, That's like, that's one thing I kind of reflected on, but I really like the idea of someone um growing themselves self-growth um finding the answers themselves so then they're self-sufficient and they don't need my help anymore they can help themselves yeah no yeah i mean mine sort of comes from the angle of i'm giving them the tools from what i've figured out what i've researched for years all these different tools and techniques and skills giving them the tools on how to implement that and then the fact that they've got that skill will not only help them in the issue that they've come to me with but also they've now got the skill now to apply across if, it, if another yeah. issue arrives. So, and they can even try it without coming to me again um, to see if it works. And then if it doesn't work, they can come back to me and, and we can like discuss that issue or problem. Um, and, and maybe it requires a different psychological skill or, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. That's very true. I didn't see that slide. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. If Once you give them the tools, they can be also self-sufficient and apply yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's good. So I think both both are, both are very effective. Um, it was a super super interesting assignment. Yeah. I really enjoyed like uh, reading up on the, the different like philosophies and, and things like that. Uh, but that's definitely the one that sort of um, when I was reading it stood out to me the most. Um, yeah. But like I said, we're early in our practitioner careers. Yes, it's going to develop so much, and we're going to. It's like a puzzle. We're going to put pieces from here and there. Like we're we're not even we haven't even started yet, so it's it's definitely going to evolve, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just a shame that that particular assignment. So, like to come back on the previous point, we had to do it really quickly, you know, very intense. I would have loved to have kind of explore more your your philosophy a bit more, you know. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Like I haven't really because I was just reading over them, and then once I once one stuck out to me, I then really honed yeah. in on, on that one, uh, rather than like honing in on all of them and, and seeing specifically what are the um, things that are involved in, in different philosophers. 
But yeah, I guess the key, the, the really the good takeaway message here is that it doesn't mean that you have a bad experience with one sports psychologist, that it will be the same for every other because they might have a specific philosophy. Like you you're, you guys are seeing right now, ours is completely different. So if it doesn't work with me, go to Oli. If it doesn't work with Oli, come to me. Yeah, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, so um, uh, we sort of reflected on, on semester two there, but in terms of going forward, so this is the project semester, the big one. Yeah. What's uh, what's your project on? So like I said earlier, it's going to be about esports. Uh, more specifically, it's going to be about sports injuries in esports uh, and their perceptions of social support when they're injured. So I want to kind of understand esports athletes' experiences with injury um, to see if it's different to traditional sports because I believe it it can be because esports is in many ways it's similar to traditional sports but it's very different um so yeah my, my goal is to kind of explore that because it's 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 grown so rapidly that there isn't that whole structure behind it such as like traditional sports so they don't really like not every professional team has like a physiotherapist as well psychologist mm. so when they're injured like they don't have that social support there available so yeah. And also another aspect that's in the, that's kind of written about in the literature is that these esports athletes, because it's so competitive and because their careers are so short, because their performance re- relies on uh, like responding to complex visual stimuli, which begin to decline in their early twenties. So realistically, uh, esports athletes' careers, like it says, two and a half years, like. Approximately, which is, which is crazy. Um, so it's really easy to like get re- replaced, you know, in, in these esports teams. Like, and there's frequent roster changes all the time. Um, so because of that, some esports athletes, when they're injured, they don't report it. And what happens is that they worsen this over because these are overuse injuries. So to their hands, thumbs, uh, arms, backs. Um, so they don't report it, and they make this injury worse. And yeah. it, it causes burnout or for them to retire early due to this injury. So, like, in terms of like your thing, what what sort of like the goal of the so what like what are you trying to get out of it? How will it what what will it have effect on? So I don't real, I don't want to be biased, but like I I want to shed light on issues like that. So hopefully by interviewing previously injured esports players, I want to like learn more about their experiences. So did they get the adequate support that they needed? Did they report it and stuff like that? So like when I go up to like talk, do the discussion bit, I can be like, like more support is needed for these guys. Like, like there, there needs to be less a stigmatization, you know, with regards to sports injuries in esports. Like, I don't know if this is the case, but from what I'm reading right now, this is how I see it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the goal is to shed light on, shed light on it and provide those structures like, sports psychologists, um, physiotherapists, uh, you know, have this support in every professional team and semi-professional because I'm also looking at their experiences too. That's definitely important. And obviously it's a gap in the literature, so like, yeah. Yeah, no study has been conducted on sports injuries, I'm pretty sure, like the psychological experiences of uh, esports athletes. So yeah, hopefully I can can make an impact. Uh, What about yours, man? Tell us about yours. Yes, uh, mine's um, so obviously I've got this real thing with like um, academy footballers, but um, 
Mine sort of exploring the valued psychological competencies and roles in professional football. Um, so I'll be interviewing coaches and key stakeholders in the professional game, um, using vignettes to like explore like what they value in different scenarios. Um, and so yeah, so just understanding what are the valued psychological competencies in the professional game, and that will then help um, the psychological delivery and programs. Uh, to the under 23s, to the under 18s, even the under 16s, like to deliver these psychological competencies in, in, in which I find. Um, so whatever that be, whether it be leadership, um, communication, things like that in, in different scenarios as well. Um, yep. But it also helps athletes understand that there's more to develop than just technical and physical ability. So a lot of people really work on like their ball work and things like that. But even like not the most technically gifted players have unbelievable careers because of their psychological competence. I think a great example is people like Jordan Henderson. I mean, he's not the greatest midfielder in the world, um, but in terms of his psychological competencies, like leadership, communication, leading by example, like things like this, like is the reason why he's had such a great career. He's won all he has, like a Premier League, a Champions League. Um, is he the best midfielder in the Prem? I mean, I wouldn't even put him in my top five or ten. Yeah. So like, and for me, he's a starter for England just because we lack leaders, I think. And I feel like he he needs to be in there. Um, so that's something that I'm really trying to achieve with my research. But that's good. I had a question for you. I had a question for you actually, just before we move on. Do you think these uh, skills and competencies, do you think they've changed from like 10 years ago? Because I remember you telling me that. Chris Harwood wrote about this. So briefly, do you think they've evolved? Like, are you expecting to see a change in these competencies or? Yeah, no. So he really done a lot of research around um, the younger, um, younger groups. So mm. sort of developing those psychological competencies and skills. So if they are released, they're, they're transferable outside. So, I, I mean, in terms of your question, I do think think they have changed because the game's changed completely. Yeah, People, players like Roy Keane and that don't exist anymore. Um, so, yeah, I do think they'll change. I do think I'll find differences to what to what he's researched because that's also an implicate like a practical implication of what I'm going to find. So that's sort of what I was going to come on to cover. So, psychological competence and skills that I find will help athletes understand that. They're actually like acquiring really important and valid like skills that they can transfer outside to different careers. Um, so that's that's supporting my passion. So this is sort of where it links to like what I've been covering and in my guest lectures and things like that. Um, getting those psychological competencies and being able to transfer them out. So that's definitely gonna something I'm gonna write about in the discussion. Yeah. So for example, an example of that could be like during like a job interview, like if they get released or when they stop football, going to a job interview and be able to like express yourself and like yeah. communicate properly, except like is that Yeah, and sort of explain to like if they're in a job interview and explain to them like if they were to be asked the question, obviously they may have no experience in working a job, like they've maybe never had a part time job or anything like that, but they'll understand what they've developed through uh, football and be able to give the interviewer an an, uh, an answer in terms of like well you've just asked me how can I w when's the time that I've shown great leadership um, or I've I've led a team and and they can like discuss that openly because they now understand uh, the psychological competency. 
Ivan put that on YCV like ages ago. You know, like playing, oh, really? playing like so I have like the subsections, I have like yeah, the yeah. skills like communication, I have teamwork. And one like the bullet points was like being able to play in the football team, uh working together towards a common goal, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like even for me, which is like an amateur, you know, like wow, these guys have done it. These guys have done it for like years and like every day professionally, so they know what working in a team means. Yeah. Oh yeah, that I love that. Like it's it's like a new way of you know like oh that's sick. And it's loads more than just like leadership as well. That like, the amount of psychological competencies I um problem solving I, probably yeah. uh, coping under pressure like when you're losing etc. Yeah. Oh man. Responding so to adversities like so many. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I'm yes, really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll be starting data collection this month, like both of it, both of us have started. So yeah, yeah super exciting to uh to, to find the what the findings are. Yeah, and it feels good to focus on one thing finally yeah. and not seven assignments. Nah, yeah. but it's gonna be good. I'm really excited. And I'm going to Spain as well, so I'm gonna be able to like how long are you going for? On, uh I'd say like a month, I think. Wow, yeah, oh man. Yeah, a month. Yeah, making the most of the of the summer. So yeah, <laughs> wish it was me. I'll be out grafting. Oh. After after when we're done, when we're done, we're gonna have to celebrate together. Hundred percent. Yeah, sure. Hopefully, hopefully traveling's like because I know that it's super difficult at the moment to travel outside of England. Um, with all, yeah. like all these different colors and stuff like yellow uh, amber red like i just don't even understand it apparently for the uk spain is on their red list or something yes so um, you guys can't go to spain or yeah. for example I, if, if, if it's red i think it's like you can't travel there stupid um, because i would have thought they would have opened it up for summer because you know how many brits go to spain for, for yeah. the holidays you know how many brits have like a place over there etc so uh, I, mean, I don't know how Spain again on with like the vaccinations and stuff, but I know that uh, my girlfriend like she's looking to go to Spain in August, and we were talking about traveling uh, yesterday. But I don't think I'll be able to get away in August. I mean, it, that'll be a difficult one thing. Yeah, so. it will. <laughs> ah, yeah, not worth it. I've got, I've got a question actually. It might be a bit topical, but it's about vaccinations. So you talked about Spain about their vaccinations. Apparently, my mom was telling me that her Spanish teacher, so she got the. She got the Pfizer one first, yeah. And her second one was what's the other one? The second one, but that's mixing, right? Yeah. And then, and then, so the government are telling her to do that, but she was like, ah, I don't know. So and then they said, but if you do the a, a Pfizer, like the second dose of Pfizer, we're taking. Uh, no responsibility if you do get ill in the future, blah 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 blah. So that, do, do you imagine like they're they're kind of like forcing her to do like the mix, or else you know, or else she won't. Uh... Oh man, it's all so like messed up. Like honestly, I, have you had a job yet? No, uh, but that's I the thing. Like I'm not rushed to do it yet. Like I do, I'm not anti-vax. I'm not at all like I don't yeah. want to get vaccinated. I've had this conversation with lots of people my age, etc., and even my parents like. I'm probably 90% or 95% going to get it done. But it's like, it, it makes me like question everything. I mean, like, and yeah. I, I understand adults are like, yeah, get vaccinated because obviously they have, it's like they need it the most. And also it's like, 
like they've lived their life like we haven't you know like yeah, yeah. we don't know what the long term effect could be but yeah I think, yeah, one reason why I'm not rushed to get it is just because I don't fancy being ill at the moment. Like, I've not had the text that, like, called up. I know a lot of my friends have been vaccinated because um, there's a lot of ones that are thrown away. Um, so, like, you can ring up at the end of the day and they'll be like, yeah, we've got this amount. Like, just come down and you can get vaccinated. Um, yeah. But, yeah, some of the responses to it, people get really ill after and the, how busy I am. I just I can't afford to be to be ill at the moment. Yeah. Like, I just want to make it clear, I'm, I'm probably going to get vaccinated. Like, wow, anti-vax. But, <laughs> nah, but it's important to say because it's, it's like, in the, in these times in the pandemic, it's it's important not to be selfish. Or You know what I mean? It's like, if you want things to get back to normal, you have to, you know, everyone has to contribute. That, I'm 100% like, getting, yeah, I'm 100% getting vaccinated. It's just about a matter of when. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not traveling until probably September, so... Um, yeah, I'll get it done. But it's just like, as a young person that's like taking a step back, it's just it's just annoying that, like, the government, remember at the start, the government were like, oh, yeah, wear masks. And then after they were like, oh, don't wear masks because it doesn't do it. And then they're like, oh, wear masks. Like, there's, I know it's, they have to adapt as well because, like, coronavirus is like a new virus. No one knows a lot about it. But yeah, it's just, it's just. Oh, yeah. When the when the vaccines come out, yeah. When the vaccines come out, my uh, a lot of my friends got the first one, and when you were talking about mixing, um, and then it come out that it gives blood clots and stuff. Exactly, it's like what. Um, so like that, but that only happens in younger people. Uh, but it's like a like the chances of getting a blood clot are very slim, but there's still yeah. a chance. Um, it's like would I be that one percent or whatever? Yeah, probably no, my luck. Um, that's fine I, yeah I, I just take a step back see i'm sort of just seeing what happens but in terms of older people getting vaccinated like in the uk i think more or less everyone's done now yeah um that's, the elders, so. that's so good Here we're, been- we're moving on to my age now uh so that's yeah. really good but in terms of like opening up like our government keep changing things like um we're supposed to be given freedom on the 21st like oh yeah what's that they changed it no they're just new like the they're basically putting rules in place for when we're supposed to have freedom. Um, so, like social distancing in, in, in pubs, like everyone still wears masks and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me. I know it bothers a lot of other people. Um, so, but it's just a, I just crack on, just crack on my own life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, all this politics and stuff, like I can't, uh, I can't get involved. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not into politics, etc. But yeah. But yeah, let's let's. I guess we can wrap that up now, uh, yeah. before we get too deep and before we trigger anyone. <laughs> yeah, everyone just writing in the comments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, it's just like we just. This is like a catch up. We actually didn't really talk about this at the top, but I guess this is just a catch up, like for so you guys to see how we're doing. Um, we're not talking. Well, we did talk about some psychology stuff, but just talking about general life, what's been yeah. going on. So yeah. In terms of the podcast going forward, like we've got some unreal guests coming on. Yep. Uh, we're going to start yeah, recording in advance, uh, getting multiple guests on. Um, if there's any guests you want to come on, definitely put it in the comments or just DM us like, and we'll, we'll attempt to get them on. But yeah, some really good guests in the uh, pipeline. Yeah, really excited for them. So yeah. I haven't actually got the. Uh, oh no, you lost! I forgot about the outro. I, oh, I haven't no. got. It, I haven't got it up, so I'm just gonna have to freestyle it. Freestyle so. it. <laughs> okay. Beat. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Like, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, just a catch up episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. Please like, subscribe, <laughs> comment, and we'll see you in the next one. <laughs> see you guys. Cheers again. Have a yeah, Didn't I even finish it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, sad. Thank you.